Hello, praise the Lord. So glad you all are here uh, for our Wednesday night Bible study. Um, and we are going to continue this week's theme, which has been community and service. And the aspect I want to go ahead and focus on is something, if we really grab a hold of, I think it's going to be in incredibly powerful and allow us to do some pretty powerful things uh, here in ministry. And I want to look at the how do we do service online? How do we do ministry online uh, in the digital world? Um, I remember when I uh, was in elementary school, I went to uh, Donley Elementary long, long ago. Um, and I remember in second grade, we just got the internet and computers. And um, Mr. Anderson, one of our second grade teachers was you know, showing us how to navigate the internet. It was a big deal. Um, of course, the internet has always been around, but it became more popularized back in the 90s. And he did something pretty cool. He actually read somebody's story in the Amazon and, you know, how he was, um, you know, his encounters with snakes and different wildlife in the Amazon forest. And, and it was very, very amazing. This guy is in Amazon and he's writing this and we're reading it the next day. And to us, we, our minds were just blown. Like, wow, this is so crazy. This person's, you know, halfway down the world, you know, he's in, in Brazil. And here we are reading about his, you know, his travels in our comfort of, of, of our school. Um, it was pretty amazing. And of course, the internet has changed quite drastically since uh, I was in second grade. Um, I remember there was a lot of texts uh, some pictures, and it began to kind of move forward to just more pictures, um, and then eventually video popped up, and then interactive things, and social media, and search engines, and the internet just kind of exploded, um, and it was, uh, it became pretty pivotal in our lives, and uh, how we interact with the world, and now that cell phones have the internet, it's you know, it's kind of brought this advent of um, digital, um, the digital world we live in. It's, it's kind of everywhere we are. It's integrated to what we do in our everyday life. And, um, and part of it is we as a church need to tap into that digital world uh, because we do it already uh, when it comes to banking, uh, when it comes to shopping, when it comes to ordering coffee, when it comes to all kinds of things. We could just do it from seamlessly on our phone and have access to that. And uh, it's, it's a very wonderful avenue that I think the church is being thrust upon because of this pandemic, uh, which I think is such a good thing because uh, we are learning uh, the exponential power of being able to do ministry online. Um, and so I want to piggyback off of um, Meg's lesson uh, she read, uh, Acts 2 42, you know, how Acts 2 38 talks about how to be saved, uh, baptized in Jesus name, filled with the Holy ghost, evidence of speaking with other tongues and, you know, having being baptized in, um, in that name. And then it goes on to talk about, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And so this is kind of how we use stay saved. It's kind of this roadmap of um, what things as disciples we need to be doing to stay saved. Um, so of course, breaking of bread, uh, obviously eating with people. That, that's, that's why it's so um, uh, important that we have food in our small groups. And that was a big thing. Well, it was whether should we go you know, every week or should we go every other week and still have food? And we thought food was just such a critical part of small groups that we kept it there. Um, the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship. And, and that's kind of what I want to focus on is, is, is that fellowship. What, is that, what does that word mean? It's koinonia it's in Greek, koinonia, fellowship. And um, it is found 19 times in the New Testament. Um, and it is the word that's used frequently in the church. And, it, and it's very, very critical to discipleship is fellowship. 
not only are you teaching what the apostles wrote, the scriptures, but to fellowship, to prayers, and of course, to taking break of, uh, breaking of bread. But with fellowship, koinonia, the, the semantic range, which means what something can be translated in. It can, it can have multiple different words that it can be translated into and trying to figure out the right word depends on the context of what is being written. Um, and so with fellowship, koinonia, the semantic range is actually pretty amazing. Um, it's fellowship. And this is, I, I got this from Mr. Mounts. Uh, he actually writes uh, New Testament Greek books. If you guys ever want to learn Greek, uh, Koine, uh, Koine Greek, which is what the, uh, the New Testament is written in. Um, he actually is a kind of a, a big, big um, scholar in that area. But his, his definition of Koine is, is, is fellowship, the close association between persons emphasizing what is common between them by extension participation sharing contributing gift the outcome of a close relationship that's what fellowship means this human connection even in hebrews 13:16 we see it used a little differently and do not neglect doing good and sharing koinonia sharing with others for what sacrifice with sacrifices like that god is pleased so fellowship sharing contributing participation gifts all that is in the semantic range of koinonia so looking at that passage i, I want to talk about the online and the digital community that we are called to reach um you know it's funny back back before the pandemic, we, we kind of did have an online presence, but it was more just for people who were out of state or, or they could, you know, couldn't be part, couldn't participate in what we were trying to do, or they were, they were just sick. Um, they weren't able to um, come to church because they were sick. So they were able to at least listen to the sermons. Um, however, since the pandemic that has of course changed and now we have a more robust digital campus and when we do go back to services, and we are going back to service, just so you're aware, um, it's just the timing of it. But the digital campus and the, how robust it has been, it's going to continue. It's going to look a little different, but we're, we're, we're not giving up on this. We're actually going to go ahead and button down and, and integrate it to how we do physical church, uh, as well as digital, you know, physical space, as well as digital space. Uh, they're going to go ahead and interact with one another. And... Um, it's very important to have this digital space. Uh, people who are elderly, uh, articles have been written how uh, the elderly who are unable to come to church uh, due to um, their physical inabilities or are uh, unable to get transportation or whatever it might be that are able to participate in a digital community uh, with their church, with their faith-based church. It actually helps with anxiety, depression, and loneliness. Uh, they still feel a part of the church. Um, and those who, for whatever reason, cannot leave the hospital or um, those who are in other countries and they still want to be connected or, or we have, uh, you know, service members in our church who are maybe sent overseas and they can still be able to plug in to our church services, still be able to connect with the church body that they have grown accustomed to. So there's all these wonderful um amazing things that come from having a digital campus and a digital presence. Um, granted, there are issues with the online community. Um, you know, yes, it's robust. There's exponential power for us to be able to reach others. Uh, however, it's, um, there's a lot of trash on the internet as well. There's a lot of porn. There's a lot of um, uh, negativity. There is um, crazy stuff on the internet as well. Um, and some people have justified that saying that we shouldn't have an online presence, not in our church, but I'm talking about in the greater uh, Christian movement. They felt that, you know, that's why we as a church have to take a stance, a stance against it. However, the internet is a tool. Um, 
and how a tool is used depends on the person. And I think it just doesn't make any sense for us not to use this tool and take advantage of it and the exponential powers it gives us to be able to teach the gospel and reach others uh, you know, through this digital space. And it always makes me think of Proverbs 14, verse 4, where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is clean, but an abundant harvest is produced by a strong oxen. So there's Proverbs for you talking about, yes, you want the strength, you want the benefits, but guess what? There's always pros and cons with any tool and with any type of thing we do. Um, and that's all, of course, with digital space as well. But again, there's exponential uh, powers that we can use to be able to reach others with the gospel. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is how do we do ministry and service online? How do we do ministry and service online? And um, I'm going to be looking at two different books um, uh, to kind of two resources I've tapped into to look into digital engagement and digital uh, footprints and digital uh, space where we are able to preach the gospel and we're able to do, you know, service and ministry um, online mission and ministry, a theological and practical guide. And of course, network uh, networked theology negotiating faith in a digital culture. Uh, both have been uh, great books uh, written uh, talking about this uh, potential resource that as a church we need to be plugged into. Um, the online mission and ministry is actually uh, about a, um, a kind of a priest who um, she actually is a pastor of an online church um, and how she keeps people engaged through chat rooms and um, and so she it's purely online. It's not, there's no physical space. Now I'm not advocating that we go purely online and get rid of the church. I want to make sure we get that clear. However, I think both can be um, integral and work together and complement one another as we move forward uh, building God's church. Um, and she had some very, very important things to talk about, about those who want to start ministry or who want to start something online. And that's a beautiful thing about uh, in this digital space is one, it's cheap. It's practically free. Uh, I doubt Facebook is charging anything. They have advertisement. That's how they make their funds. Um, and it's the potential to reach others who might not ever step inside of a church, who would never, ever think about driving on a Sunday morning, dressing up, parking their car, walking into a church most of the people that come inside the church usually have had some type of an experience before they walk in. Most people who've never gazed, graced a church don't really walk into church space. Now, granted, there are other, you know, there's those one offers where, you know, God does push, you know, and lead somebody to come to church for whatever reason. But this is such an opportunity for us as we engage this digital space. We're able to reach people who most likely we'd not been able to reach before. Um, and it's, and it's not just pastors. This is anybody can do this. Um, anybody can go online and do a little devotional on Facebook, you know, a daily devotion. I know um, uh, Matt was doing that on Facebook uh, or, or, you know, an online knitting class or, or you know, uh, through uh, where they kind of connect through Zoom uh, where they talk about God and knitting or, or, or you know, a uh, uh, you know, Lori Shellick, she started a group where she's talking about homeschooling and, and teaching and being a resource to homeschooling moms because of the pandemic. Most people are homeschooling right now and they're afraid to send their kids into school environment. And so she wants, you know, she's, she's been doing homeschooling for years and years and years. And so she has all that experience and um, I'm just picking on, on Lori, but, but, but she's kind of that wealth of knowledge. She's kind of, you know, doing these videos and um, that is a way of service that that is a way of ministry that she's doing on a digital space. Um, having these, these videos, people can put videos up on whether through Facebook or through Twitter or, or through YouTube and kind of share it and, and get a broad audience where they can go ahead and talk about something or, or they could do a Bible study, or you can go ahead and do some type of a craft or some type of a, a service where you think it would benefit somebody, maybe showing how to, you know, 
podcast. Put a house together or, or something like that, but I- incorporating prayer and scripture in, you know, in the process. I mean, the sky really is the limit with what we can do with online. Um, and and it, it, it requires a couple of things. It, it requires perseverance. Um, it's it's going to take time. You're going to have to figure out the, the technical lingo and how the software works. And of course, it always gets updated. So you just have to be aware of that. Um, but you know, don't get disheartened because you feel like nobody is listening because somebody is listening. You'd be surprised who's listening. You'd be surprised who is playing your videos. And the people that you are reaching, I would never be able to reach because they're your circle of people. They're your people that you've connected with and, and they're willing to at least listen to something you're saying compared to sending them to a church website. Um, uh, prayerfulness, praying, saying, God, lead me and guide me in this digital space. Because believe it or not, God is involved in the digital world. Uh, he is God of everything. Uh, so uh, yes, he does go ahead and there's no boundary. He's able to go into the digital world uh, as well as the physical world. And so uh, pray where God, how do you want me to go through this? How do you want me to process this? And and you'd be surprised how God leads you. And, and, um, and God, I think is pushing the church in this direction because of the, the potential power we have, the exponential power we have to, to reach others. Again, we're not saying we're going to sell the building and we're going to do church completely online. Uh, that is not the case, but we are talking about the, another avenue, another way of, of building, of, of, of reaching people, of building disciples and having discipleship and um, just great, great uh, loads of opportunities. Um, we have to have self-control. Uh, one of the things about the digital environment is that you can't technically erase things. Um, you think you can, but it's always there. Uh, so you have to be careful with the digital environment. Not that you should not preach Jesus, but you need to be careful about, you know, your grievances or, or you're angry about something because you have a following. You are an influencer. People are looking at you. People are reading your posts. People are following you on Twitter. And, uh, and you want to be careful of what you're saying that could um, potentially uh, affect that following and as, as you're influencing people. And I'm not talking about scriptures or or our, our values, but I'm talking about, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of lashing out in anger uh, and your cultural views kind of slip in there as well. Um, I, having humility of navigating this, because it's, it's, it's a massive, massive um, um, group of people that, that you, you, kind of, you kind of have to reach and you have to, you have to have the humility that God is working through that. And again, the, the challenge with the digital space is that you can't technically count to see how many people are inside the church. Uh, yes, we can see how many views and yes, we can see how many likes, but you know, do, do people really, did everybody like the video or views? Well, does it show how many views? Is that really how many views? I mean, is there 15 people and one person viewing? So is that 15 per one view? Is that five per one view? And, and so the math just gets kind of wonky. And I, I think that doesn't matter. I think, I think you, there's still a potential there for us. Um, and, you know, where should I post? You know, there's forums. Um, there is, um, places, uh, you know, Facebook is a great way, social networking, um, where we can go ahead and, and have that avenue where we can, you know, share our testimony, um, you know, do something that, you know, you're, um, you enjoy. Um, one thing that God has been really dealing with me is that I do not have a hobby. Um, church is my hobby. Um, and so that is... <laughs> that's technically not a hobby. Um, it's kind of life. So trying to, you know, I, I have to, I have to find something, but there are those of us who we do have that kind of hobby. We do have those things we kind of enjoy talking about. And I think, I think having that and starting with prayer, you know, just incorporating those elements uh, of, um, of, of prayer and scripture in, into whatever video you're doing. I think it's, it's, it's going to touch people. It's, it's going to reach people. Um, so there's microblogging. You can actually do uh, a blogging uh, like on Twitter where you can get, you know, put little quotes or you can blog and, and do your journey and your faith journey. And people can kind of be tagged in and read into that. And there's uh, venues on Facebook as well as um, multiple blogging sites. By the way, this is all free. 
want to make sure you guys understand this is free. This is not, you don't, there's not a cost to this. Uh, you can find stuff there's a cost too, but you technically don't need to. Everything is free at your disposal um, as we kind of go into this virtual world. Um, again, being Christian online, uh, what does loving your neighbor look like online? Does it stop in the digital world when the Good Samaritan bounds up the wounds of the man who's been beaten and takes him to the hotel. And uh, well, that's obviously a physical space. So it does not apply into the digital world. Well, that's, you know, that, that doesn't work. I, I think what's behind a digital space is a physical space and, and there's people behind that. So um, yes, loving your neighbor uh, extends into the digital world. Uh, it extends into social media. It extends to your posts. Uh, loving your neighbor extends into the digital media world. Um, and one thing we need to be you know, aware of is uh, as we look into the New Testament, you know, we see Jesus kind of using a lot of agricultural examples. Uh, well, if Jesus came now, uh, he would use a lot of digital examples. Um, so it's it, the culture around us. I don't think um, we should automatically see God, Jesus' examples. The principles are there, but the examples in the wall, Jesus talked about farm animals, so we all need to have farm animals. No, it's, it's he's using these examples because there's these timeless principles. And they all go as well, go into the digital world as well. This, this, these, um, these principles that we are, um, uh, you know, reading about, um, kind of going through my list here, um, making sure you have support. There's people working with you, uh, measuring your reach and influence of how many people you're able to reach. Again, um, it doesn't matter. You're out there, you're talking, you're, you're giving your testimony. Um, it goes into the digital space and um, you'll be surprised who listens to it. Somebody over in you know, Uzbekistan or somebody just listens to your testimony. It touches them um, and they're able to kind of plug into what we offer, you know, in our campus. Um, so hold on one second. I'm going through my notes here. Um, and it is interesting that the pandemic happened, um, uh, you know, in 2020 where the church was able to kind of have this uh, digital space where people can still be connected. Now, you notice I, I talked about, um, you know, verse 42 about, you know, they were breaking bread and teaching of the apostles and uh, fellowship and, and prayers. Well, three out of the four things you could technically do online. Um, you can teach online. Um, you can fellowship online if you have uh, FaceTime or you're Zooming and you see people's face, you kind of see. So there's that kind of a human connection. Um, and, you know, you can pray online. We actually have, you know, newarcupc.info. You can actually set, send prayers online. Uh, so you're surprised. A lot of that you can do online. Uh, you can't eat it online. You can't touch people online. So that is one of the the drawbacks of the digital space. However, 75% of the things that makes disciples, you can do online. And um, so, yes, it's, again, I'm not advocating a pure online church, but I'm, I'm saying, you know what? You, we could have a very robust presence and really disciple people um, you know, through our online uh, you know, venues. Um, you know, if, this pandemic happened um, 25 years ago, uh, it would be detrimental. Uh, we would all probably have to use phone calls and we'd have to all phone in and hope that, that there's some kind of connection through someone's voice and not be able to see one another and not be able to have these videos where we can freely go and watch them and, 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 and comment and connect with one another. So. Um, I think it is interesting that it happened in 2020 where we have these venues. I think, I think, I think that was part of God's master plan is that he's like, you know, there's these avenues. They're not, the church is not really utilizing. So I'm just going to thrust it upon them. Um, but thank God that we have this opportunity to still connect uh, with one another. Um, and let me see, let me make sure I go through all my, my notes here. 
Um, so yeah, so so fellowship. It's looking through the the definition of fellowship and its semantic range of koinonia is um, association between persons, emphasizing what is common between them. That can be done online. Um, participation that can be done online. You can do comments. Um, sharing, you can share online, you can share your testimony, you can share advice, you can share encouragement, um, contribution, you can partner with us in giving, you can do that digitally, um, and you can spend time one-on-one. -on -one. Um, this pandemic uh, has actually uh, caused me to be actually more cl closer to my family. Um, we do a FaceTime, and uh, again, I have a large family, there's, there's about nine of us, but um, we all FaceTime and I've, I've probably spent more time with my family uh, than I've ever had in the last you know, 15 years uh, due to uh, the digital world and be able to connect with them through FaceTime. Um, but you know, I feel connected with them. I actually, I think I, I know more about them now than I did you know, when I was living with them. Um, so there is this ability to connect with people online. You can definitely do that. Um, you know, through video and voice. Um, and I think that's kind of the big thing. I, again, you can't touch people. You can't give them a hug. You can't be a shoulder for them to cry on. You can't shake their hands. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, you know, there are limitations with the digital world. And of course, that's one of them is, is that you can't physically be with people and touch them and, and, and show support. You know, um, you can do a ministry of presence. You can be through them, you know, through the web. But um, you can't be there physically with them um, and you can't eat with them um, unless you put on a video and you're both eating together. Um, I guess you could do that too, but uh, there's something about that closeness of sharing each other's food and, and being in another space um, that brings that, um, that human connection that I think we all desire. It's, it's innate in us. It's built in us that we have to have human connection and, and not feel so lonely. However, the digital world, you, it's amazing how much connection we can do. Um, despite these limitations, there's still great opportunity for us. Um, so Desi, that's kind of my, my little lesson here. I do want to open this forum up for questions and also not just questions, but um, comments. Some of you um, are digital natives and some of you have, um, have resources that you've already put online and you've, you, some of you have ministries online. Um, you know, give us some of your feedback, some of uh, kind of your tidbits that you've you've kind of kind of come across, um, kind of engaging ministry and service um, online. So, um, so I'm opening this forum up, and um, I'll let Desi go ahead and uh, see what kind of pops up. Good evening, Newark family. This is Disembodied Voice Desi. We're going to try this again. I was having trouble with my web camera earlier tonight, and so if I freeze up, hopefully it'll catch up. Now, unfortunately, it looks like it's still glitching, but Arash, how's my audio? Is that coming through clearly? It's coming clear, yes. Okay, I'm going to have to do some computer work after this broadcast tonight. So while you were talking, we were already beginning to engage back and forth online. Imagine that. Our church family is able to engage together even while you're doing the Bible study. Awesome. And I will say right off the bat, and I, I am soliciting, I'm welcoming additional input as we go into our Q&A part. You made a fatal mistake, my friend, you being you. You publicly mentioned online that you lack a hobby. So we are already trying to come up with new hobbies for you. In addition to- Way to go, instead of paying attention. <laughs> I hope Newark family, you're paying attention. Keep them coming in. I just, I want to tell you right off the bat, first thing that came up as a hobby, we yeah. all feel that you could uh, continue to experiment with different hairstyles. <laughs> so, so we're expecting some new hairdos when we finally get back together in person, my friend. I'm going to have to get uh, Trump's wigs and see what I can do here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then in addition to that, um, the next request was that maybe you consider doing some stand-up. Oh, stand-up. <laughs> I don't need to. I, I have a, I can preach, so I'm. <laughs> you don't need to do stand-up. You, you have the ability to preach. Huh? Uh, no, but moving on, let me bring up one of the first things that came up uh, as you were speaking. And I want to make sure this is clear to everyone. Due to this current situation, 
this COVID-19 pandemic, our church was forced into an arena where we had to very quickly pivot and turn yes. and lean into this idea of a digital campus. This is something behind the scenes that we have kicked around on and off for quite some time, long before COVID came. But it was thrust into our lap that, hey, you need to make this decision and start doing this right now. And so for the last six months, well, next week will be six months, we have been doing online broadcasts and trying to figure out what to do as we started on March 17th, and today is September 9th, trying to figure out what a digital campus would look like. So this whole week, as we've been talking about the idea of service and community to each other, we decided as a team and a Rosh volunteer to do the live Bibles tonight. How is it that we can find ways to stay unified and have community? How is it we can find ways to serve each other in a digital online format? Now, we've already had a comment come in, and it's a valid comment that said, you know what, as a general rule, I don't do much on social media, and I try to limit my interaction there. So this is a challenge for me. I'm not going to say who said that. I'm going to respect their privacy, but I do appreciate them sharing and it's a valid point that some of us do not have much of an online social media presence. So please don't misunderstand what we're doing here. We're not telling everybody in the church, hey, in order to be a witness for Christ in the 21st century, you all need to have a Facebook account and be on LinkedIn or some other social. And you need to get open a Twitter account and no. start your own YouTube channel. That's not what we're saying. Please don't misunderstand us. If you do not have much of an online or a social media presence, we're not telling you that you have to. What we are saying is for those of you who do, and there's a fair number of you who do, how can we leverage and incorporate what we're already doing, what's already a part of our lives, and use this in this digital format to continue to provide community and service to other people? We have members of our church, a member in particular, your mother-in-law, Arash, who does not physically, geographically live close enough to attend our church every time you know, we have a weekly meeting. And so she meets with us digitally. In yes. fact, we even had her, she won second place in our game championship this last month. Yeah. And so Carolyn is very connected to us and has been for some time. Since we have all been forced online, it's actually opened up more communication for her because typically she's the one watching our broadcast online. Now she can interact live even while we're doing these comments right now and you and I are talking. So what we're trying to emphasize to people is that during this time, please, please adjust your thinking don't think we've just got to make it through this. If we can just get through this, then eventually we'll go back to quote unquote, having real church or we can <laughs> quote unquote, back to normal. That's not what we're aiming at here. We will resume, hear me very clearly. We will resume in-person services. None of that is going away. But during this time, while it's on pause, it's given us a chance to think about this digital platform and also hear me very clearly. This digital platform is not going away. This is not an either or situation. Going forward, it's going to be a both and. Absolutely. So in this both and environment where we are both going to have a physical campus and we're going to have an online digital presence, how can we service those that we're connected with? How can we continue to have community? And I think, Arash, that you've given us some great examples of that tonight. I think that you have given some very good suggestions. One of those that Sister Leela submitted in the comments right before we went to question time, I don't know how much of the church realizes this unless you're on a regular prayer list, but we have had a significant, and I mean a significant increase in the number of prayer requests that have been submitted to us in an online format. And if you're watching tonight and you're a regular part of our church, or perhaps you're one of those people who watches on the sideline, I want you to know that we do receive every single one of those prayer requests that come in that are submitted through our website at newarkupc.info. And every single one of those prayer requests goes out to the entire pastoral team. And we pray over those. And most of those prayer requests also in turn go out to an entire prayer team within our church. They get emailed. People are willing to receive an email. We have Sister Lynn Dorsey, who several times a week, sometimes she even batches them together. If we get multiple prayer requests and she'll send an email out to that group so they can be praying over those needs as well. So every one of those prayer requests that comes in automatically gets sent to the entire pastoral team. We see all of the prayer requests that are submitted. And so we can tell you with certainty because we're the ones receiving them, we're the ones reading them, we're the ones praying over them. The number of prayer requests that are coming in has significantly increased in this environment. So this is just one 
minor little example of how even during this time, in this digital environment that we've been forced into, it has broadened our connection to people. A lot of these prayer requests are from people who are not regular attenders of our church services. We get that as well. And if you are a member of Newark UPC, please continue to submit your prayer request that way. But I also want to let you know, if you're not one of the people who regularly sees this list of prayer requests, it's quite extensive. And it's coming from many people who are not even physically connected to our church body. Correct. So we've got lots of people. I know Scott was even commenting. There was a time where due to um, an injury with his leg, he spent a prolonged period of time in the hospital. And so a digital connection has been a lifeline from him. And he continues to heavily engage that way. And Scott, we appreciate that. We know you're not the only one who does that. And then we've got people, Arash, this is actually Amy. I see that you submitted one. Here's just an idea, not so much a question, but something we can look into. Amy, you asked the idea about lessons and downloadable podcasts. Well, let me respond quickly to part of that right now. Number one, our small group lessons are open to anyone. Please, church family, hear me. Our small group lessons right now that we're doing in this Zoom format where we're meeting on the first and third Tuesday and Thursday in September, this is open to anyone. And I mean anyone who wants to attend. They don't have to come to anyone's house. It's free. It's online. They could join from anywhere as long as they've got a decent internet connection. All of the lessons are posted on our website. So you can download them anytime you want for free. They're in PDF format. So they'll open on a tablet. They'll open on a computer. They're open on your smartphone. You can follow along with those lessons. You can join us and submit prayer requests. All of our, for those of you who may not realize this, all of our evening broadcasts are also posted on our church website, newarkupc.info, and they're posted on the media page. And many of them have both the video and also the audio format. So it's much like a podcast. At some point in the future, we may look at some other repository. Amy, that's a great suggestion. But I want you to know, as you engage with your coworkers, your neighbors, friends, family, people you meet, you can easily tell them about our church and our online presence, newarkupc.info. That's the part you got to remember. You can tell them about our evening broadcast. They can join in and watch. We have both a YouTube and a Facebook channel. You hear me regularly promote these things at the end of every broadcast, but think of it as a way to reach out to people. So you talk to your neighbor or you talk to someone else and they're like, hey, you know, I don't know what your church is doing. Perhaps they're unchurched at all. If they want to get an example of the kind of things we're doing, if you go to our YouTube page, not only do we have six months worth of broadcasts right now during this COVID-19 pandemic, we have seven years, hear me, years. We have seven years worth of broadcasts. Think our church services that have been recorded, that are uploaded on our church's YouTube channel. And they're stored chronologically with the newest in the front working their way back to 2013. And so anytime you want for you or anyone you're engaging with, you can go find a plethora of church services, Bible studies, all kinds of information on our YouTube channel. You can go to our media page on our church website and you can find everything we've done for the last six months stored there. Our small groups, if you've got a friend who needs prayer and wants to connect with people or if they're interested in a Bible study, invite them to one of our small groups. All they have to do is have an internet connection. In fact, technically we don't even have to have that, do we Arash? They can join by telephone. All they need is the phone number and the meeting ID and password to join all of which is available on our website. So yes, we will go back to in-person services, but we're also gonna continue to provide digital campus means as well. And right now during this digital campus, if you think of the threshold of inviting your friends or neighbors or coworkers and getting them engaged, it's lower now than it's ever been before because they don't have to physically show up somewhere at a specific time and be in a room full of a bunch of people they don't know, which for some people that's exciting, for others that's a bit intimidating. So I just point that out to say it's a great idea, the podcast and the lessons. Many of that's already available and it's a great opportunity for people to engage. Question. Oh, Sister Bernice asked, if we have baptism candidates, do they call the main church number? And the answer, Sister Bernice, is yes, they can do that. Or 
If you go to our website at newarkupc.info, you can submit a baptism request directly through the website. And if you are not aware of this, I mentioned it once in passing. We as a church family, you may not be aware of this, but we as a pastoral team talk and we baptized a family. That's right. During this pandemic. Come on. And because the church building was not open, we actually did it at someone's house in the pool in their backyard and and we had the baptismal robes and I'm the one who baptized them and we were able to make that happen and because this is a public broadcast I'm not going to give any more information than that other than to say yes we are still in the business of baptizing people and yes that can be done even right now you can call the main church number or even more directly you can submit a baptism request right from our church website and someone from the pastoral team or our executive assistant, Joyce Allen, someone will be reaching out to you and we will make arrangements and we absolutely will make that happen, can make that happen, have already done that during this time. We had to do it in a different format and that's what this has done. It's forced us all to think differently and be more creative in the way that we engage with people, but it has in no way whatsoever shut us down. We've just had to shift gears. That's right. Yes. I'm scrolling through. And, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. We, um, I, I hope we don't get too attached to a physical building and feel that that's where church business is done. Um, the idea has always been that we are the church. And again, that's something that has been reiterated several times from, you know, all the pastoral team, as well as uh, Little's going to talk on last Friday about the, the building is in the church, but we're all the church and where we go online, you know, we're taking the church with us. So, um, you know, yes, digital space is, you know, God's moving in digital space. We have to be connected to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had another question come in that asked, what are some good, um, Bible studies that we can teach on zoom? So get uh-huh. this, we are continuing to do our small group lessons. That is the easiest way. And I keep mentioning it because it's the easiest way to connect people, not just one-on-one, but to a whole group of people from our church, but not an overwhelming group. You know, you join our Tuesday or Thursday small group lessons, and it may start with 40 people on the call, but you end up in breakout rooms. And then there's usually only six to 10 adults on the breakout room. And so it's an easy, easy way to connect people with some Bible studies. In addition to that, you can teach Bible studies. I'm putting out the all call if you need permission church family. You can teach Bible studies. And right now, well, what about so-and-so and and they're online or I can't get to them? Well, you can reach them through Zoom. You can reach them through WebEx, both of which have free versions that you can use yourself. You can reach them through Google Meet, which is free. You can reach it through FaceTime if you've got an Apple product. You can reach it through Skype, which is free. All right, so I just gave you five different video teleconferencing options, all of which are free. Free to reach out to people, all of which you can do to make connections with Bible studies. And so you can be teaching Bible studies yourself right now. It doesn't just have to be us. And more coming next year. You could be baptizing people yourself as well. You could be baptizing. We had a whole lesson on that, didn't we? All right, I'm looking through these comments. Arash, do you have any other suggestions? A lot of this is comments, not so much questions. Yes, um, you know, again, Skype is another one that's free that you can kind of plug into. Um, you know, it's it's amazing. Even with Zoom, where you can kind of share your screen, you can get a digital version of Search for Truth. And uh, of course, I had a Bible study, and yet we use the Search for Truth. I'm sorry, Exploring God's Worth. We did use Search for Truth as well, but. We use Exploring God's Word, and um, you could share that digitally with them and kind of go through chart by chart, never ever really having to you know, leave your home and still being able to teach a Bible study to somebody. Um, so, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opportunities that we can do um, and that we, we have uh, access to in this digital world. And it's, you know, it's low cost. It's very, it's cheap. It's free. So um, <laughs> you could, I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential. So let's go there, Rosh, for a second longer, because it's a, it's a great place. I feel we could park here. Uh, let's say you're a member of our church family and you're thinking about your coworker or your neighbor or your friend or your family member is not in church. And you're thinking, OK, I'm willing to do this. But Rosh, how do I get started? How would I even do 
a Bible study with someone? What would you suggest? How would you tell people to get started? Uh, first, I would invite them to our services. Um, it's online. They can listen to them whenever. Um, and then kind of hear what they think about it. And then I think that's a great opportunity to say, you know, would you be interested in an online Bible study? Um, and of course, you can kind of invite them to small groups. Uh, we believe it or not, we you, know, you can invite friends to that. Um, or even our discipleship classes, which we're going to be offering as well. And they can kind of go through that, you know, that process. And that's also done through Zoom. And, you know, we send them a link and they just go through the link and just go through their browser. So they don't even have to have the app. Um, and we can teach them um, all that. So they, uh, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, is there anything you were thinking of adding, Desi? Kind of no, you brought up a great point with the discipleship lessons. Um, as you know, we have uh, to our church family, as many of you are aware, we have three levels in the discipleship classes, a level one, a level two, and a level three. During this pandemic, we typically we're teaching those at the church, say in the reception room or something, or upstairs in the conference room on a particular evening. Now think about this. We had to coordinate a lot of schedules, including the teacher driving there to teach it. And then people trying to get with them after work or what time work going forward. Don't be at all surprised. We're still working out the details. If, as Arash said, our discipleship classes are going to be open to even more people and it will be on a Zoom or a video teleconferencing platform. All they have to do is be able to join us, even by telephone. And as long as they can all get together at a time we agree on after work or something, it opens doors for us to reach other people. So I say this as an encouragement to a lot of you, because I know this has been a struggle for many of us as we've had to shift gears and change format. And here, us, Arash and I have both said this multiple times, the physical campus is not going away. No. Neither one of us are saying we're not going back to physical no. service. What we are saying is that right now, what can we do? And even going forward, what can we change and incorporate even once we resume? physical services. And I believe with Arash as well, one of the easiest things that we can incorporate in a digital format is, is Bible studies and discipleship classes. So that I feel that's something very encouraging. Very encouraging because one of the challenges we've always had, especially with discipleship classes is everybody works and they work crazy hours. And it's always been a challenge to find a time that works for everybody. And so uh, the biggest challenge was commutes. People had to, you know, drive 30, 40 minutes. Now we can even have a class on campus, but still be able to do a digital process where they can tag in digitally, you know, on their way home. Um, I don't know if they should be driving, but, but I mean, there, there's opportunities as well for that. They could stay at work and, and get on their phone and, you know, participate in discipleship class. So, I mean, there's, there's these awesome opportunities. However, it does not replace touch it does not replace i mean there, there are limitations with this and and, and we're aware of that um uh, but the reason i'm giving all these positives is because there's, there's what i've noticed there tends to be a lot of negative about the digital campus and the digital world because it's there again there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there um so my my, my point is that there's a lot of opportunity for us there's there's a lot of um uh ways we can you know really propel this message to others um and you know other churches have done that very successfully. Um, yes, there is. Reaching millions. Uh, churches who, um, you know, they've, they've just, they got this early, before the pandemic. They've, they've had a very robust online um, uh, format. And one is uh, Life Church down in Oklahoma. They, you know, they reach, you know, two to 300,000 people online. Um, and, and they're just, you know, they have a very robust system. But, I mean, the potential for us is, is, uh, is incredibly important. Uh, and the vision of Newark, it, it hasn't changed. We are still going to plant churches and we're going to in this greater Philadelphia area. And God is just saying, hey, you know what? This is something that's going to help you. So here's, here's another tool in your uh, tool bag here that you can use and, and build a church for me. So I think that's right. So we had another question come in from sister betty and she asked especially for our older church community um, what advice would you give them or how can we help them as they're learning to navigate this environment but they still want to be careful of scams and other people who might desire to take advantage of them 
So what yes. advice do you give? That's very good. Um, we never send random text, say, click this link. Um, actually, we, actually, I don't know. Do we do that with the, with the text messages? Not a random text. Okay, Sometimes we send okay. a text that has a link to where you can go for something. But 10 it minutes before service. Okay, yeah. So it's on the church or something like that. Yes. We don't send out um, crazy emails. Um, usually when we send out an email, it's about a service. Uh, it's not give us your information, or your financial information. We never ask for that. Um, our digital giving is completely done through the website. Um, there's no way you can do it through text message or through your email. You have to go to the website itself to do it. Um, uh, we, um, you know, we don't come in and say, you know, so-and-so needs so much money or, I mean, there, there, there's, there's unusual behavior that if you're thinking, if you, to, if you have to think twice, if you're like, what, what is this? That tells you something. It's probably not us. Um, Absolutely. So if I can add to that, and those are excellent responses, Arash. And Sister Betty, you asked a very good question to our church family that's maybe not as used to a digital format, and this is new for you. Please understand that official communication from our church is going to come from an email from someone in the church. You'll recognize it. It won't be from some weird email address. Yes. We funnel everyone, and you hear us do this every single broadcast, back to our church website, newarkupc.info. So we're not going to ask you to go to some other website and start giving money or click on some other website in order to do fill-in-the-blank activity. Or whatever. We're going to funnel you to the website. Any digital giving will be through our website. No one on the church staff is going to ask you directly for money. No one on the church staff is going to ask you to send money somewhere else other than our normal means of doing it. So if you ever get, uh, and this is just a general practice, if you ever get an email, if you get a text message, you get some other communication that says a, a pre-recorded voice message, and it says it's from our church, but the instructions are odd. It's not normal behavior. It's not something that we would regularly do. Seriously think twice about it. And if you're unsure, contact us. Initiate contact back with us. You yes. can call the church number and either Joyce, our executive assistant, or it will be forwarded to one. One of us will get back a hold of you and say, hey, I got this random fill in the blank, whatever it may be, and I'm not sure if it's legitimate. None of us are going to be upset with you because you wanted to double check if something was legitimately coming from the church. I would rather that you double check it's legitimately coming from the church than to click on something fraudulent by someone trying to trick you and pretending to be our church and unfortunately steal something from you. That would be terrible. So you, you just have to be cautious in an online environment. We're never going to ask for your personal information. What is your social security number? Correct. Right. Uh, right. Uh, you know, no one from the church is going to ask you for your bank account information or anything like that. That's not real. If no. you get some communication like that from someone claiming to be from our church, it's a lie. Oh. That's a scam. And again, if you see anything questionable, contact us. Call, call the regular church number that's been the same, you know, for over 30 years. Yes. Contact the church, and one of us can help you with that. Let me go to another question that came in. Um, Arash, what kind of advice would you give for people who are feeling a bit alienated or left out by the church right now during this very difficult time? Alienated in the sense of as they don't feel as connected. It's not as it's not the same as when they you know physically walk into a building and they can gather together in person. So for people who are struggling right now, yes, feeling not as connected. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Yes. What advice would you give for them? Um, one way to feel connected is: Are you participating in small groups? Is your camera on? And then are you having conversations after small groups? Are you connecting with your group members? Are you with other members? Are you doing FaceTime or Skype with other people uh, where you're just, it's, it's kind of a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you calling people? I know some of us hate calling, uh, but at, at this time, I think that's kind of the, the best avenue we have right now. Again, we have to reiterate this and we'll re keep reiterating this. We are going to go back to church. So I want to make sure we understand that. And, and we will go back to how it looks like. And again, it's not going to look like what it used to look. And um, uh, you're going to be, we're all going to be having to get adjusted to that. But 
but that's one way to feel connected. Um, uh, another way is, um, yes, calling people individually. You know, are you, are you calling? Are you connecting with people? Are you, or are you just, you know, you're not participating. You're not sharing. Mm -hmm. You're not giving. You're not, you know, doing what, what we've tried to do. And you're not watching the services live if you can. So you can give comments. You know, all that gives this, it gives some type of a connection. Again, is it going to be the, you know, the connection that you're looking for where it's this, it's that physical touch um, with people? No, but, uh, but it is, it, it, it is helpful. It, it does help. It, it'll get you through it. And um, studies have shown again, I, I, I re, it's an article I read about uh, nursing homes where they actually had um, those who have inability to leave the nursing home, um, they put on their services, their church's services online, and they were able to participate that way. It actually increased their um, um, uh, endorphins and it, 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 uh, it relaxed it them. Their mood. Huh? It, it, it picked up their mood. It picked up their mood. It did. It, it picked up their mood. They, they weren't as depressed. And actually, it, it, it helped them in the long run. Um, and, uh, it, it was, a, it was, I think they had 110 people, a study in UK about, uh, nursing homes and the elderly being connected online to their, to their church community. Um, it does help it. So are, are, are people doing that? Are they participating? Um, or are they, you know, are they playing hooky? Yeah. So I, I'd like to add just two comments to that. Let's flip it around. Let's say you are someone who recognizes hey, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so on our evening broadcast in a while, or you, you're a member of your small group, especially you'll hear us keep coming back to small groups because that's the easiest, smallest. Kind of, I haven't seen so-and-so in our regular small group meeting in X number of weeks. Call them. Call them. Reach out to them. So on the flip side, if you notice someone is not as engaged anymore or someone's been absent and missing, please, please call them. You please, please, please call them. Don't expect the pastoral team to constantly be the one reaching out to everyone to check on them and make sure they're okay. So if you see someone who's not as engaged like they once were, check on them. Say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I'm just calling to say you're doing her. Even if you don't get a hold of them, you leave them a voicemail. I was thinking about you. I just wanted you to know I thought about you today and I'm praying for you. I hope everything's okay. Something as simple as that in a text message or a voicemail is a way to to connect back. And I don't want to give away too much about tomorrow evening's broadcast, but dovetailing right into this, if you, and this is aimed at anyone, because this is difficult for all of us. If you find yourself in a low place, you're having a rough week, you're not feeling as connected, reach out, call people, yeah. text, connect with your church family. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. I am strongly encouraging you to do it. You'll hear more of this tomorrow evening in our broadcast about this idea of reaching out to each other. That's something we have to do now more than ever, especially in this very difficult. What was our first lesson when we started this whole thing back six months ago? Digging your own wells was one of our first series. And then it was- The very, very first one was on the idea of I was naked and being vulnerable. Someone on our team thought that would be a really funny title to spend a whole week with a theme on this idea. I was naked. But but it, there was a point. The point was you feel lonely because you're not vulnerable with anybody. Um, yeah. Vulnerability, you know, creates community. It creates that human contact. And if you're not being vulnerable with people, you're going to feel alone. Yep. Yeah, well, we have come to the top of our broadcast hour. And once again, I want to thank all of our regular listeners and viewers for joining us. Thank you so much for continuing to engage with us. Our church family is awesome. You have pivoted with us. You have adapted well. We are all weary and well-doing. But you guys are awesome, and you've done wonderful at staying connected and staying engaged, and we thank you for that. If you're watching us for the first time, I apologize for my choppy video. I'm going to fix it after this call. <laughs> but if you're also watching us for the first time, if you haven't heard it yet, visit us online at newarkupc.info. You can find out all kinds of information about submitting prayer requests, baptism requests. You can join us in digital giving. You can click on our media page and you can find sermon archives going back six months with all of our digital broadcast stuff. Hop over to our Newark 
United Pentecostal Church YouTube channel, you can find messages going back seven years worth. You can connect with us on Facebook. There's lots of ways to connect with us online. So we encourage you to do that. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. God bless you all and have a good night.